Hey, party people, have you joined our Discord server yet? You can meet fellow party people and interact with our cast and crew to talk about all things Encounter Party, both this first Ravnica campaign and our new campaign, which is a television show available on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel. To learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com or check the links in the show notes. Now, enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, our show features very strong language and graphic depictions of violence, so listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party! Without a cleric, Perix found himself near death, if not for the aid of an Orzov stranger. Now indebted to the night, our players sought the last living patron of the unaffiliated line. What secrets does he hold, and what is the true motive of this brutish debt collector? Find out this week on Encounter Party! So, uh, the tenuous situation continues as somebody very clearly attempted to come and kill Cyril Montjoy. Who are these men and why would they want you dead? I have absolutely no idea as to why they would want me dead. Well, I can think of a lot of reasons why someone would want me dead. But if they are specifically targeting the three of us, it's clear that they have machinations against our rail line. So... There is something that we can learn from this encounter. If um, Montjoy is convinced that these people are trying to rub him out to take control of the unaffiliated rail line, it stands to reason that there aren't any highly entrenched conspirators that were a part of Malthus Reed's original plot. So they're trying to supplant the major investors and then work their way down. So it it is, I think you are of the impression that to the investors, the money behind the unaffiliated line, that if they are taken out, they aren't protected by the guild pact. Right. So anyone can come and rub them out, and then the money is gone, and the unaffiliated line collapses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, where Which would be fine for us. That would stop the thing, right? Which is why I think that it has to have something to do with the conspiracy itself. Because if you just if you just take over... And then you start funneling the money that they already have from whatever other operations, and they use that to ensure the progress of the unaffiliated line according to the design of the spell. They know it's going to go off without a hitch rather than have some outside money come in or some rando off the street influence their decision and work in a more cost-effective solution that messes up the spell permanently. Yeah. Ned, the problem with your particular logic is that if these guys are rubbed out in the way that we're imagining and then the money stops and the line stops that's good for you but that's bad for the conspirators because the conspirators yes that's right want the line to stop my logic according to your current my logic stops at we're trying to stop the spell if the train line stops (laughs) nailed it (laughs) (laughs) that's where my that's where my logic line is over Great. Great. <laughs> Stop the spell from getting written. Stop the spell from arriving. Great way to do that. Stop. I'm not going to know ki- what the spell does. Yeah. <laughs> Could give puppies to Ravnica. 
know what the spell um, does, but the way they're going about it seems rather dirty. Lorzach will ask Mr. Montjoy, who else has tried to purchase the rail line from under you? No one has tried to purchase the rail line from under us. We get assaults and bully tactics all the time. Why do you think they're coming after you, and who do you think they are? Obviously, the guilds are behind it. If they rub us out, then our line fails, and their rail lines can succeed in this silly rail war. You have to keep in mind that we only started our line in defense against the Ravnican guilds in the first place. Do you think I really want to commit my legacy and my time and money to creating public transportation? Did you have a relationship with, um, Malthus Reed? At all? I have no idea who that man is. Can I roll insight to see if that was a lie? Yes. That's a 21. He's giving you a fib. <gasps> the collector! This would save all of us so much time and possibly your life if you wouldn't lie to us. Obviously, we're not here to kill you. It's in your best interest to give us the information we need so we can move on. That's going to require some intimidation. Oh, you know what I'm really good at? I'm just saying, like, if you want help with that. David would love help. The collector says, fuck no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But if he fails. I don't think a 24 is going to fail. Oh, look. The situation with Malthus Reed is a little bit tenuous. I, I won't pretend like everything is above board, but the man wasn't exactly above board himself. We made a few back-end deals for steel, and how do you think we could possibly have achieved train technology without the help of the Izzard? And what were those deals? Um, Purely, I mean, he was like, ordering steel through a back end. He, he was relying on some is it resources to, to help combat the line. But in return for money, were you paying him? Did you yeah. have to offer him favors? What was the, what uh, was no, the quid he, pay, he paid them. It was paid. He paid them. I'd like, I'd ask him, what about Merit Lage? What, a, what is a Merit Lage? Is he lying? <laughs> 20. Like a 20 he something. has no idea what that is. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'm surprised one of your stature doesn't know. Look, I'm just trying not to die here today, okay? I, 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 Some back alley deals were made with Mr. Malthus Reed, and we got a bit of consultation on train construction. I, I think he was just hedging his bets, because either we would have succeeded or the Izzet would have conceded. And if one of the other guilds were to have won the rail war, then they get the monopoly because of the guild pact. But if he spent some time helping us... We're independent of that. We can still operate in independence of the guild pact. Uh, and do you, who is in charge of plotting the unaffiliated line? How is its path chosen? We have a team of engineers. We have a, a lead engineer who's working on this. And who is the lead engineer? What's the name? Yeah, we were interrupted yeah. by the... It's a a rather uppity Vidalkin engineer by the name of Halem Ward. Associated with any guild? No, independent. Didn't it strike you as odd that the leader of the Izzet Guild was still helping you with this unaffiliated? I mean, and these back channels, you didn't question Malthus Reed's. Well, no, what, what he's trying to insinuate is that it, the way that he engaged with Malthus Reed is that. He 
thought that Malthus Reed was trying to gain wealth, which is not abnormal for the Izzet because they need funding and research. And based on things you know about certain absences, the source of that money could have been very, very tenuous. Um, So what what Monchoy is trying to express is that to him, it seemed that Malthus Reed was trying to hedge his bets against the Izzet losing the rail war. Now that Overshaw is dead, what will you do? I still have investments in my buildings. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I'm about to get out of here for a little while. Where can we find Halem Ward? Halem Ward is in the Sixth Precinct. I I think his uh, foundry is set up in the smelting quarter. The amount of resources it takes to move this much steel and technology. I know that you, Darius Vane, and Royston Overshaw were the main investors. But I can't imagine that you have that much liquid assets on hand. Who else has been funneling money into this project? I would have thought that a member of your guild would have a little bit more of an understanding of <laughs> the quantity of wealth men like me have. I mean, importing and exporting. Insight. That's one. Yeah, it's well, one. he's also like in importing and exporting. This isn't a know. lie. He has a lot of money. He is probably one of the top three richest independent citizens in Ravnica. Cool. Whose wealth may be only matched by people in the Orzov. Do you know if you've been building through Selesnia grounds? We have not yet entered Selesnia grounds. We are in the middle of a contract negotiations. They seem to be rather open to the idea of us going through their territory and wanting to see our succession. They're not very big fans of, you know... Guild Wars. Why did those uh, negotiations break down? Because somebody tried to kill me. Sure. So we you haven't had we- a chance to solve them yet. And now with the disappearance of Darius Vane and the subsequent squashing of Royston Overshaw, I can't imagine that that's going to finish. We actually have seen this pattern before. This is what happened to the Boros line. There were gruel saboteurs hired by Malthus Reed to stop construction probably long enough to create a delay where they can put a sympathetic agent in power with the Boros and guide its construction correctly. And now we're seeing the exact same thing happen with a worm crushing the house of one of the major financiers. Vane is gone. So that's one pawn off the table. Definitely not dead in his vault. Definitely wasn't Definitely not starving to death in his vault. That's absolutely not what I'm claiming has happened. Super bad. <laughs> is this not a character? Anything. Hold on, hold on. I think Andrew's actually discussing something really important. So, so let's give him some and focus. we just now now they're not displaying any colors, no brands, no markings, no scarification, no piercings that would suggest membership within one of the certain clans. But they did end up using a big gate crasher beast to uh, get themselves onto the property. We know one of the one of the only factions that has access to those things and uses them in any regular capacity are the Gruel. So again, we've got a piece of evidence that points us to the Gruel clans being used as proxies by the conspiracy to stop train line construction and eventually, I think, redirect it. So maybe the Gruel are the good guys or are they redirecting it into the glyph? Well, the gruel are just stopping construction. What right. happens after that, it's not their problem. Okay. As long as they get to destroy shit, they're, they're happy. Should we maybe talk to the gruel? And by talk, I mean hit? We might need to talk to the gruel. Um, 
if they are in contract negotiation negotiations with the Selesnia, we might want to talk to them too. We can bring them the head of the gate beast, gate crasher beast, big fucking thing that broke the door down. Obviously, you all know something I don't. This seems to be something much bigger than all of us. What I, is it you are chasing down, Collector? I'm not at liberty to say, but I can give you a privilege that might answer some of your questions. Sh- sure. He looks at Fakara. A contract is not done yet, but ah. if you come with me, we shall see. Do you know Tessa Karlov? Yes. No. Mm. Maybe. The name is familiar. No. Roll a history. history. Yeah. Thirteen. Twenty-four. Tesla. Yeah, that's the guy that made uh, electricity, right? <laughs> God no. Bless you, Sarah. <laughs> 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 nope. <laughs> the electricity. Um, college. You you know that she is a member of uh you. Uh, I would say that Andrew and Ned definitely know that she's a member of the Orzov. And uh, Ned, you remember specifically, for some reason, you're very recollective of the the Maze Runner race, that she is um, she is rather high up in the Orzov guild. And uh, you you seem to remember that she participated in the in the Maze Run. She was a Maze Runner for the Orzov? Possibly. Okay. What does the Maze Runner have to do with this? So Lauren grips his... Morningstar stares down Perix and says, you will call her the Grand Envoy from this point on. Do you understand me? No. I don't have to hold any authority to the Orzov, just to be abundantly clear. I answer to many people, and I am happy to work with you. (coughs) So Lauren (laughs) smirks a bit and says, you know, the human body has 206 bones. I've always wondered how many bones of a Dolkin has. I just look at Xenia. <laughs> Xenia just shrugs. <laughs> Unclear. <laughs> Technically, it's all cartilage, so none of them. So, are those. you suggesting that they follow you back to you know whom? Yes, I believe that my contact at the Orzov Syndicate has information that would be of great use to all of us. And obviously, there are pieces of this puzzle that you four have somehow found out that I do not have. So, you are lucky enough to have an invitation to meet Tessa Karlov. Yay. It, oh, the, the person you were just talking the about. The Grand Envoy. Yes. that I was looking for the words and I was asking what her official title was. You don't need to jump down my throat. So, <sighs> how do we feel? Are we off to go uh, into Orzov territory? I, for one, would be delighted to meet the Grand Envoy in person. Mm-hmm. I thought we were avoiding the Orzov. Lovely time. Let's go. All right. So Lauren turns and steps out of the mansion. Okay. <laughs> Step behind him, <laughs> mocking his walk. And you guys slowly, cautiously make your way towards the first precinct. And now a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. 
That's ukiyo-pop.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. So while we're walking, let's let's summarize. We have a few avenues of investigation that we can follow up on. One is the gruel, as we've already established, the Boros line and now the unaffiliated line have both been sabotaged by gruel clan members, and now they've assassinated one of the major investors for the unaffiliated line. We have the Silesnian territory that they were about to build through and conveniently construction was stopped right ahead of that. Right. It is worth talking to whatever Silesian representative was responsible or involved with those negotiations and see what more we can learn. Just remembered from season one. There's a fifth line, right? Like we're talking about four train lines, but there are five lines of this glyph. Yeah. Okay, great. Written on the map. Right. There are five things making up the thing, and we don't know what the final one is. Right. There are are five dashes making up the actual written spell. Yeah. And we don't know what could possibly be forming the fifth part of the You don't know what the fifth one is yet. Great. Thank you. True. That's just like a thing that I forgot about until right now that I feel like is going to be very important. So we have gruel investigation you just said. We've got potentially chatting with the Selesnia to see what's been going on with the arrival of the unaffiliated line that's currently paused right yep. at Selesnia territory. Mm-hmm. Um, we technically have areas of investigation to talk about with like, we still don't know all of the things we discovered in Malthus Reed's lair, what they pertain to, right? Like we still do have a map with a bunch of circles. We don't know what it means. We have the... Um, and then now that we're talking to the unaffiliated lines, we're going to the Orzov. Like, this is actually technically a new mode of investigation. Which we could turn to our advantage if we're able to convince Tessia Karlov or someone who's sympathetic to her cause to buy out the remaining shares of the unaffiliated line. And then we have the power of an entire guild which is backing the construction and the direction of the unaffiliated line. And we can ensure, or they can ensure, that the spell will not be written, at least with that line. And right now, we don't... The Orzov, as we understand it, are not involved in the rail war. At all. Correct? Correct. As we understand it. As you understand it, the Orzov are not involved with the rail war. Great. But what if it goes further than the guilds? Like, it goes higher up than the guilds. What's higher up than the guilds? What's higher up than the guilds? I don't know. The, the, The guilds run Ravnica. The guild leaders are a collective council. Right. But if someone's running 
a scam on all of the guilds in order to make these rare lines. Who is that person? Sure. That is part of the question, yes. Yeah. For sure. Who the other conspirators? Who are the conspirators yeah, yeah, at yeah, Malthus right, Reed right, level? Right, we have right. Deareth and we have potentially others that we know of because of was it Ludmila? That was her name? Yeah. The yes. Gorgon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ludmila said there were others, Deareth specifically in the Golgari. So we know that they exist and we don't Those know who, who are. are not required to take, to take the, the black. black. Yes, exactly. So those are other things we have to just sort of keep in mind as we're gathering information. Okay. To the Orzhov. Sup, Collector? So as you guys are conversing about your current situation, strategizing what could possibly be going on inside the mind of your dungeon master, you head basically southward to Precinct 1, where uh, is the resting place of Orzova, the Grand Basilica of the Orzov Guild. Now, down on the southern side of Precinct 1 is what's known as the Ghost Quarter where a bunch of lingering souls tend to uh, populate the mists. And down in Precinct 1, even though it even though it's where the Chamber of the Guild Pact is, it's where, you know, a lot of really important congregations happen, um, the land over Orzova seems to be perpetually overcast. It's a very grim, gothic design. There's, everything is sort of black and and looks expensive yet foreboding at the same time. And it's clear that the Orzov wealth is ever-present because the Orzov very much like to wear their wealth. So as you make your way toward, um, you start to see that where the collector's gaudy visage might have stood out a little bit in particular areas, he tends to just sort of blend in here as a myriad of priests and soldiers and debt collectors mill about on the streets, even late in this evening, and there are also peasants and debtors who are sort of lingering around and praying and begging for absolvance. Occasionally you see a skittering thrall or two, these small, really creepy looking pygmy gray creatures that wear these expensive gold masks and half masks uh, but for the rest of the part might be naked except for like loincloths they're very sort of these weird personal attendants that that follow some of the wealthy Orzov around and you make your way south past the actual basilica around towards the back end to what's known as plaza west which is a very very wealthy district in ravnica as well that uh, many uh, orzovian citizens reside in where it's, it's a place of expensive uh, properties for those within the guild or those that might have direct business within the guild who, who can afford these places. And it doesn't take long to spot through the rippling streets that there is one manor that is far bigger and greater than all the others. And, and you kind of feel like you left one area to kind of walk into the same area as this towering, menacing, gothic manor stretches out before you and it is the manor of the Karlov family and um, as the collector leads you forward there's no restrictions there's no wait there's no announcing everybody seems to recognize him very clearly as he marches you straight through into the front area and there's a small thrall that greets you at the doorway and he just sort of you know, you, David, you just kind of wave this thing aside as it sort of quivers and bows away out of your presence as you march straight back through the manor to what is clearly a, a, a private meeting room of the Karlov family. And he announces himself to the room and 
you hear a, a very quiet but very powerful voice beckon you in from the outside. And you open the door and you see two people inside. Now, I think for Tessa, she was a little bit surprised because nobody announced you. So nobody announced the fact that you were marching in with four people from other guilds. So there is there's a bit of a shock as you open the door as she greets you and she says, ah, Saloran. And then she looks at the four of you and sitting in this room with her, uh, Tessa herself is a, a, a fairly tall woman. Uh, she herself is lame. She has a cane. You can see her kind of leaning awkwardly because one of her legs is lame. But that doesn't... She, she has countered that lameness into adjust her posture in a way that she still exhibits wealth and power and status. Um, and she's gorgeously uh, dressed in a very, very expensive casual robe. And sitting next to her in what can only be described as resplendence is clearly a Boros knight who's sitting in the room with her in armor that literally glistens as if it was made of golden fire. And he is mid-sip of a tea when he kind of gets discovered as he is. And there's a brief moment of pause as she didn't expect you to show up with them. Well, this is quite a surprise. Grand Envoy, please forgive my boldness. I've discovered some information that I think would be urgent for you to hear. Yes, quite so, I imagine. May we address the serious matter at hand in that, who are these? This is the moment where Sloren realizes he messed up. <laughs> because he does not know their names. <laughs> so in, but trying to save face, he turns to them as if it's their fault, and then beckons them to speak for themselves. <laughs> Do I recognize the gentleman she's with? It's Tajik the Invincible. I immediately, like, while he's, whatever, I drop the knee yeah. to Tajik. Yep. That's just what happens. He kind of stands up immediately and, and it's kind of difficult to assess the thing. And, and he, um, he kind of looks at the room and he kind of judges and he, my dear, hold on one moment. And he sort of saunters over past the crowd and he, he addresses you. Soldier, what is your name and rank? Private Vicaro Adrun, sir. Ah, of the Adrun lineage, I see. Yes, sir. I think I knew your grandfather, rather tough Minotaur. Very much so, sir. I still carry his maces. Stand at attention, soldier. Yes, sir. Are these people with you? Three of them, yes. And he kind of like reaches down around your waist and just sort of like, you know, he doesn't take it, but he just sort of like fingers the horn and like looks at it. And he's like, I see. I think these ones are okay, Tessa. My name is Tajik of the Boros Legion. And if you are here with this soldier of mine and she carries a penance horn, I think they are okay. Please come in. And he very like casually beckons you in. But it's like the thing about Tajik is you may have heard the name before. And the suspicion is that he is so casual because he is invincible. Like, rumor is that this man is quite literally invincible. And even though he's very casual and very calm, you all get the sense that he could destroy everyone in this room. Um, is he also a human with Maze Runner background? Yes, he was the Maze Runner for the Boros. For the Boros. And technically, he won the race. Why do you say technically? 
because the ending did not happen the way that everyone thought it happened. Got it. Yes. Just to clarify, Ned asked if he was human. He is human. Okay. He is a human with olive skin and very bright eyes and a very thick accent with a black goatee. And he has this insane sword. It's like up to his neck and it's got like a big wavy blade to it and it like little little blue flames like come out of it at different points and stuff it's awesome it's like the turnisol from from like final fantasy like that's what it looks like yeah it's a it's a kind of a a big deal (laughs) that he's here Lorzach is quietly appraising the relationship between tessia and tajik Yep. And who this man is to invite strangers into her home. Yep. Parix and is, is suppressing a smile. Parix is supremely uncomfortable and mm-hmm. is staying as far to the outskirts as he can do. So uh, Tessa addresses you, who you have now heard that his name is Saloran. So David slash Saloran slash the collector. Um, slash? Everybody kind of comes in and there are there's really no place for you to lounge because there's only two chairs and a small table, which they have occupied. Tessa sits back down using her cane because she prefers to be seated for her own, you know, condition. But um, Tajik remains standing and she sort of comfortably sits down and she goes, well, my collector, what is it you have learned? Not our names. Wasn't talking to you, my dear. Respect. Grand Envoy, I've learned that the fourth and unaffiliated rail line, two of the three main investors, Darius Vane and Royston Overshaw, have been murdered. The last one, Cyril Montjoy, we went to his home and he was under attack by what seemed to be gruel soldiers. And Siloran lowers his voice in my four oars of regalia. They stopped for a moment. I do believe that all suspicions are correct. I do believe that someone is furthering their own ambitions, as it were. I've heard about the worm attack. However, I have not yet received information that Mr. Montjoy's estate was overtaken are we quite sure that they were gruel no they bore no outward allegiances no distinguishing features to identify them as such however they were within the company of one gatecrasher beast seen commonly among the gruel clans gatecrasher beasts can be bought my dear collector what is it i have mentioned to you about assumptions assumptions can lead to an early grave grand envoy If I send you out to collect information, I need actual information. But I do appreciate your efforts, and I think we have actually made some progress. Now, the question is, who are the four of you? Grand Envoy, my name is Lozach Rotspeaker. She actually perks up at your incredibly sincere, honorific expression. He has no title. He has no other epithets to his name. He simply introduces himself, offers a bow. And then sort of so um, she back. will she will take note that you are Golgari and probably will have more concern talking to you. I Used think, to it, yeah. yeah. Um, she she will talk to you and she will say, "Yes, your names are very politely given." My question remains: Why are you in the company of my agent? Mostly because he has insisted upon a favor from our uh, Boros companion. You see before you. I see. You didn't know that cows could actually make nervous smiles <laughs> until now. <laughs> and uh, and Tajik is just going to lean over and ask the question directly to Tesa, but sort of also ask the question to you as to whether or not this Boros soldier is indebted to the Orzov in any way. Yes, uh, 
When I was at Royston Overshaw's manor, I found one of their party near death. This soldier of yours entered a contract with me to save his life. So there is a debt here that has not been paid yet. Please be a good thing. 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 What is the conditions of this contract? It's to help me fulfill my mission to my lady. That seems like a rather steep exchange. And he kind of looks over at Tessa and Tessa kind of looks back at him and she says, I, I, I can't. As an advocate, my collector, I must insist at the suggestion of my colleague that we um, find a way to terminate this contract a little bit more succinctly. As you wish. And Saloran turns to Fakara and gives a gesture and says, the bounds of the contract are complete. Thank you for your honor. Thank you for saving Perix. We would not have been insane without him. Saloran takes note of the sincerity in Fakara's voice. Well, this is all very, very charming, but we have a serious situation here on hand. Uh, Tessa, I, I don't mean to pry, but our uh, meeting has been sort of interrupted here. And she turns to Tajik and very quietly pretends to have a private moment, but you can tell that she's saying it loud enough to hear as to question of whether or not um, you guys should be involved and how much she possibly trusts the Boro soldier in the room. And um, he points to the horn on her waist as everyone in the table looks to Fakara. <laughs> I, I must admit a bit of ignorance as to the exact nature of the horn. I've met its inhabitant, but she did not seem very friendly. Ah, I see. Uh, well, I do imagine that the uh, the particulars of a penance horn are probably not something that we talk about in the academy. Uh, but you have blown it, and you have met its... Uh, Occupant? We use a different term, but it's probably not the nicest thing to say. Oh. Um, I will be clear. The penance horn is, uh, is uh, a shackle, so to say, for angels who have, uh, according to Parhelion, they have uh, misbehaved. Oh. And therefore lose certain abilities uh, within their uh, angelic council and therefore must uh, serve penance. And we find that the best way for them to do that is to uh, serve under lesser soldiers who still remember what it is to be um, dutiful. Oh. Yes, so... Um, for limited times, you have a responsibility to set this angel on her rightful path. You may summon her and command her to do dutiful things in the name of the Boros. Wow. Yes, but the the, the fact that you are able to blow it and that it, uh, something very good happened is a good indication that you are worthy of possessing the item. So, my dear Tessa, I don't think we have anything to fear. Are, are these men your compatriots? Yes. Ah, excellent. I, I, I think we're okay. And he kind of gives this, like, smile, and he has this sort of, like, freakishly white teeth <laughs> that shine very brightly beneath his dark olive skin and his dark black goatee in a way that just says, oh, you guys all just got roped into something terrible. <laughs> Tace is going to play the point of advantage here and try and convince you to explain to her exactly what you were doing heading over to the mansion of Royston Overshaw. What could an independent man of Royston Overshaw possibly hold interest in the four of you? A Golgari, and a Boros, and an Izzet, 
Oh, and I heard there was a great deal of commotion recently at Sonnet 4. I feel like you already have an answer to your question. Well, I have several answers. I'm just trying to figure out which one is correct. Overshaw was one of the major financiers of the unaffiliated line. Yes. He very graciously supplied a train to a uh, compatriot of ours. And as we understand it, the unaffiliated line is but one part of a much larger design that is being written upon the face of Ravnica. And we were hoping to uncover from Mr. Overshaw exactly who commands its construction. Hmm. That is very interesting. More specifically, who directs its construction? Who is the person in charge of deciding exactly on what path it falls? Well, we've had suspicions of our own and haven't reached a very good conclusion, I'm afraid to tell you. Um, I think now is a fair time to admit, well, as you know, I can't actually say it out loud, if you would please, um, Collector. If I say it out loud, I will summon them. So please, if you would like to tell them. Of course, my lady. The Obsidat. Yes. And Tajik kind of introduces. The Baroness has designs to overthrow the Obsidat. And take her rightful place. And we feel that as the Grand Envoy, that she spends most of her time doing all the work in the first place, and dead men perhaps should not be ruling anymore. And uh, by some crazy incident, I've decided that this is a good idea. Do the rest of the Boros fall in line with your line of thinking, sir? Um, well, it's not exactly something that's up for debate, but let's say it's not necessarily a hush-hush situation, but the less people know, the more likely we are for success. Ah, yes. Why are you telling us this? Uh, Tessa speaks up and says, Well, because I am under the fear that the Orzov is somehow involved in the fourth rail line. Ah. Hmm. I sent my collector to investigate whether or not any of the three financiers had hidden debts with the Obsidant. I do believe something is happening, but they seem to be playing this one very close to the chest. When things exist in the Orzov community, and I am not directly involved in them, it spells bad news for one way or another. The Obsidant, the Ghost Council, are a bunch of fat old dead men who don't do any work. I am the Grand Envoy, in name. And I must do everything. So when things happen that I haven't done, that means they don't want me doing them. Which is not a very good trait for lazy people. We were trying to figure out whether or not any of the financiers had hidden debts. What could the Orzov possibly have that the Gruul clans want for themselves? Well, fundamentally, the Gruul and the Orzov couldn't exactly be more opposite. We tend to value material wealth because it's true power, and the Gruul seem to just want to destroy everything because they don't like city life. But I mean, I suppose on the grandest situation, the Orzov control property, and the Gruul could destroy said property, but that's not exactly, a, you know, destroyed property doesn't earn money. What if it had something to do with the debt of the Gruul? The ghosts of their warriors, somehow? For one to have concern over honor, they must have honor. The gruel are savages. Well, everyone fights <laughs> for something. Even Tajik if- speaks up. That is a bit unfair. I spent a great deal of my career fighting the gruel, and they are savage, yes, but honorful, also true. They, they fight fairly, as opposed to certain other people like the Demir or the Rakdos. They never fight fair, but the gruel will match you strength for strength. Respectfully, Grand Envoy, destroying property has a great deal of value for whoever wants it destroyed. Yes, well put. 
then it would seem to follow the, that... The, the, I will say this quite clearly, that the gruel tend to not have anything of value to put up as collateral. They tend not to take deals and loans from the Orzov. Then it would stand to reason that the Orzov are more likely to be able to pressure the Silesnians. We have considered that as an option. They certainly had a great deal of rebuilding to be done after the incident with Matsalesnia, the shattering of the guild pack such a long time ago. They have been uh, rather starved for resources. Enough so that they would be willing to assassinate a stranger with one worm in order to forgive the outstanding debt? Well, the other question that I think you've already come to is, wouldn't they have profited from leasing their land to the rail line? I believe the answer to be yes. So the question here is, who would so badly want to kill the financiers that they would actually go through with it? Given the fact that the rail war is really seemingly between three guilds, that the fourth independent line is going to exist regardless of what happens to the rail war, who cared so much about preventing an independent from existing in the first place? Or who wanted control? That's my question. It, it feels like someone's trying to stop those in power of the fourth rail line in order to have control over its own operation. Could it be the Azorius? You have three wealthy people who are funding a project. If you remove all three of them, you remove the funding. Project ceases. How does that give you control over the project? Because my, th my theory was that one of them was secretly owing debts and therefore was being strong-armed by the Obsidad, but I don't know that we've actually determined that to be true. Hmm. I think... Uh, Particularly good line of thought would be to investigate whoever possibly could have summoned that worm. Which would lead us to the door of the Selesnians. Well, there is one Selesnian you may want to talk to. And I don't think you're going to like where she lives. What, did they live in the Undercity along with the Gorgons? Oh no, quite strangely, she lives back in Ovizia. Oh. Hmm. Rich people, man. Perix then realizes he says it out loud and gets real awkward. No, no, I know. She, no, no. Laura's that. She kind of looks and sees your face and she says, I know. It mm. might make more sense when you go and meet her. We'll see what type of temperament she's in. Who? There is an elven woman named Damara Tendris who lives up in the mansion quarter. High up in the Celestian Guild, but she no longer resides in Vitugazi. I suggest you go bang on her door and see if she has anything to say for it. She seems to be quite open about the involvements of her guild. And she certainly was very adamant about helping me trying to forge the temporary guild pack in the absence of the one that currently exists. She is very thought-forward. Grand Envoy, if you will, do you by chance know of anyone or anything named Merit Lage? Honestly, my dear, I have never heard that name before. Thank you. 24, Insight. She's never heard it. Okay. She questions she questions the name though. And who is Merit Lage? We don't know. It may be some sort of rubric. One of the main conspirators working with the Izzet line and who knows how many others. Had it painted across a laboratory. The name Merit Lage. I will look into it, but for now perhaps we should find out who is in control of that worm. Agreed. I suggest you march your way back to Vizia. Thank you very much, Grand Envoy. Grand Envoy, uh, thank you so much for speaking with us. We are very, very fatigued. Would there be any chance that we could 
take advantage of your obvious hospitality <laughs> and rest for the evening, please? Yes, of course. You can almost hear Saloran's teeth grinding in his skull. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, even you can't stay here. You got to go back to where you reside. <laughs> uh, she's very clear that she's going to summon you again in the morning. Great. Grand Envoy, before I go, there is a Vidalcan engineer by the name of Halen Ward that seems mm. to have been heavily involved in this fourth rail line. Yes, he seems to be making a great deal of choices as far as the construction. If it isn't too much trouble, we would like the opportunity to join any inquests made as to his activities. My lady, I certainly do not need any interlopers into our business. I'm perfectly capable of working on this on my own. That thus far does not seem to be true. <laughs> Teeth grinding intensifies. <laughs> we, shall, we shall speak. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We shall speak on it in the morning. Please report back here at first light. Your words, my soul. Ooh, take inspiration for that. <laughs> Ooh, I got tingly. So we're still we're still in the room for the moment. Yeah. Yes. Because I'd really love to ask Tajik if he has any stories of my grandfather. Um. Yeah. Your remind me again. Your grandfather was like a, a soldier, though, right? He was not a. a he was not a bar, like he was not a war drummer. He was just like a regular soldier. Yeah, as far as I think. Yeah. So he he reminds you of a tale. He uh, reminds you of, of the chaos after the severing of the guild pact that he and your grandfather grew up in. That your grandfather was probably very young and around during the times and that a lot of people relied on your grandfather after the shattering of the guild pact because they needed men who were prepared for wartime during times of peace. And he uh, he talks about times that they've spent together. Tajik really kind of uh, uh, tore himself, cut his teeth on calming down a lot of gruel war raiding parties that kind of ran rampant after the shattering of the gruel pack where they just sort of started assaulting everything because there was nothing preventing them from doing so so while he wasn't in your grandfather's company he your grandfather was known because he was uh he was a guy who was grew up in peacetime ready for war and so when when the guild pack shattered he was one of the guys that people rallied around as far as remembering what it meant to have to be uh, a wartime soldier. He said he seems to have a lot of really, really nice things to say about your grandfather. The um, the Ordrun line is 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 very well respected within the Boros, and I, I say that from a lore perspective. Right. The Ordrun line is is very, very well respected um, within within the Boros, and they are often tasked with a lot of civil duties because they just have a really, really polite and quality temperament. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Um, and as you're as you're kind of walking out, uh, Xenia, he also kind of grabs you and um, very quietly kind of just leans in quietly and he says, how do you feel about the rupturing within your guild right now? Honestly, very uncomfortable. Hmm. Did you know Malfus Reed? Not personally, but I knew of him, of course. Yes. Are you familiar with the War Mind Initiative? I'm not. Yeah, when I was younger, I was in charge of the War Mind Initiative, which was um, it was an effort to collaborate with the Izzet to build war machines. 
weapons, uh, research and development. I would look into it. If you are here with these people investigating what we are investigating, I cannot pry, but I would say I would look into the War Mine Initiative. Thank you, Tajik. You're very welcome. Again, that sort of like smile that's like, wow, that's so bright and radiant. But at the same time, it's like a lion smile. Like, I'm so confident because I can't, <laughs> I can't be hurt. Like, yeah. I win every fight. If he gets too hungry, he's going to eat our ears. Yep. Uh- I mean, Zen and Zenny is perfectly dazzled by it because it's so sparkly. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so you guys take a long rest. Yes. God. And so after a fantastic meal, your items are collected for washing and some servants are going to usher you guys down to each of your private rooms. You will get a chance to sleep alone without the snoring of your companions. And you are led into these magnificent chambers with big fluffy beds and pillows and chairs in a bedroom, because why would they need them? And salons and dressers and all sorts of ornate, absolutely gorgeous, magnificent, very expensive furniture. And you all get a chance to have a private bath and you lay your heads down on these incredibly comfortable sheets. And as the night rolls in and you close your eyes and try and get the best long rest your DM's going to allow, in your loneliness, in the darkness, All you can think on before sleep takes you is the black. On the next Encounter Party, back to Ovizia as our players hunt for the secretive member of the Selesnia Conclave. The Nature Guild has been strangely absent in the current events. A startling discovery will shatter the very bounds of comprehension next time on Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
What up, party people? It's Landry Fleming here. Subscribe to the podcast, rate, and review us. Join us on the Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. And for news and updates, go to EncounterParty.com. And as Lionel Richie says, all night long, all night, let's keep this party going.